Hi BCC and welcome to this series of daily podcasts. We hope that these messages created just for this week will inform you and encourage and support you each day as you participate in this our week of prayer and fasting. Every day will have a different focus and I pray that your life will be enriched and blessed by today's content. Good morning, it's Wednesday the 30th of September. I'm Adam Bird and it's day three of our week of prayer and fasting. I hope you're all doing well and feeling encouraged and buoyed up uh, so far this week. Yesterday the focus was with youth and kids and, and families and singles and I heard a great report back from the prayer meeting last night. Um, they were talking about some of the various um, kids and youth ministries that are going on in the church and apparently they had 60 people at Pebbles yesterday and that's the second time that Pebble, Pebbles has run this week. Uh, that's really amazing. And there is so much going on at the moment for kids and families. We are so blessed at BCC. Now, a little bit later, we're going to have a chat with Martin Littlechild, who's going to um, bring an awesome testimony um, from when he fasted a few years ago. But first, we have Pastor Mark, who's going to talk briefly about the church's focus for today. Okay, so we're here. It's Wednesday. And again, I'm joined by Pastor Mark Wiltshire. And today we're going to be looking at a topic that I know is really dear to uh, Pastor Mark's heart. And that is mission in the UK and abroad. And we're going to be praying for this at the prayer meeting tonight. But Mark, can you, again, can you flesh this out a little bit for us today? Thanks, Adam. Well, it's day three. Feeling a little bit hungry. But uh, really more hungry to see God's purposes and plans come to reality. Uh, God has... He's invested so much in, in individuals in our church and with us corporately. We've got so much we can, we can give back to God through our serving in mission, both here in the UK and abroad. The, the opportunities in the Bromley area and, and the, this part of the UK are just endless. And together we want to pray into what is it that God would lead us into locally. But equally, abroad, we've got tremendous connections with various countries and uh, in particular Macedonia, I really encourage you to remember Jordan and Vesna and their two children and, uh, and our links there. We want to see a church planted and piloted yeah. uh, to fruition and to growth in, in Tetovo in Macedonia. Uh, and in other countries, many of you have got a heart for other parts of the world. And we would invite anybody and everybody to be praying about uh, geographical locations that have a great, uh, great sense of identity with each person. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. So I want to talk to you today about um, our week of prayer and fasting and just uh, the concept of these two things going together, prayer and fasting. Now, obviously, we do have sometimes prayer without fasting, but I think it's probably pointless for us to have fasting without prayer. And let me explain what I mean by that. I know that some people do fast for medical reasons, for health reasons, and that's all well and good. But the purpose of this week is all about our spiritual health, if you like. It's about our connection and our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's about getting a proper perspective on our lives. And if we fast without prayer in this context, then I think the fasting is pointless. Um, so prayer and fasting, they're found together numerous times throughout scripture and I just want to look at one 
scripture today, one example found in the Old Testament in the book of Nehemiah. And at this point in history, I know most of you will know this, that the um, Israels had been exiled, they'd had to leave uh, Israel and Judah, and they're exiled. And Nehemiah is a person who's obviously risen up the ranks, he's done pretty well for himself, he's in a comfortable job. He says that his job is as a cupbearer to the king. Um, but then some people arrive from Jerusalem and they give him some bad news. And we read this bad news in verse 3 of chapter 1. And it says this. Uh, this is Nehemiah talking. He said, They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Now, none of us are immune to bad news. Things happen, circumstances change, um, awful things and tragedies occur in our lives. It happens maybe losing a job or it may be a sickness of yourself or somebody who's dear to you in your family or a friend. You may have had a relationship breakdown. You may be going through financial problems. Um, and how we are going to react in these moments when bad circumstances hit us is uh, kind of crucial. You know, what do we do in those times? And we can see exactly what Nehemiah does uh, if we read, if we carry on reading. So from verse four, he says, when I heard these things, when I got this bad news, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So that was Nehemiah's response. It was to, uh, to pray and to fast. He says that he was weeping, he mourned and he fasted and he prayed. Um, and the truth of the matter is, at this point, Nehemiah didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to ask God for. He didn't know how to respond. So his only option in this moment was just to bring it to God to, and to fast and to get a, a proper perspective on the situation. Now, sometimes it's obvious what we need to pray for. Sometimes we know exactly what we need to ask. But at other times, you know, I know myself, we feel so helpless. We don't, we don't have the answers and we don't even know what to ask sometimes. But we can still pray and we can still fast. And what that does is that gives us our proper perspective on the situation. Now, it's not us reminding God that he is God and in control. He knows that. God already knows that about himself. But what it does is it reminds ourselves that God is God and that he is in control. So what did Nehemiah pray? Well, the prayer, this is over the course of a few months, and I think this is a kind of a condensed prayer as a summary of what he'd been praying over that time. Um, but it gives it to us. I'm not going to go through the whole prayer because there's not enough time. Uh, but you can find it in the first chapter of the book of Nehemiah uh, from verse 5 to 11. Uh, but the first thing he does, he says this, he says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commands. So what he does is he puts God in the right place. He says, you're in control, God. You are God. You are Lord. You are awesome. You are great. And uh, you have a handle on all this situation. So he puts God in the, in the proper perspective, in the proper place. The next thing he does is he confesses the sins of the people, including himself in his own family. He says, we have messed up. We have done the wrong thing. And now we're finding ourselves in this situation. Now, sometimes the situations that we find ourselves in are of our own making. 
we've messed up in some way. Not always, that's not always the case. Things do happen to us externally, but sometimes they are. And I think confession is a great thing to do in these moments. And then the third thing that Nehemiah does is he reminds God of God's promises towards the people of Israel concerning their situation. Now, God had told Moses, and Nehemiah says this, that if the people were unfaithful, then they would be scattered. And that's exactly what happened. But he also tells them that if they return to God, if they repent and if they obey God, then they will be gathered back to, uh, back to the right land, back to the, back to the promised land. Now, this way of praying, reminding God of his promises, we find that again, we find that throughout scripture. Lots and lots of uh, people in scripture, lots and lots of writers of scripture do this. And again, it's not, they're not reminding God of his promise because God has forgotten. Um, but because when we, when we talk aloud the promises that God has made, we are building our own faith. It's really great to speak God's word over our own situations and to personalize it to make it about our own situation so if maybe you're going through financial troubles then you might choose a scripture like Philippians 4 verse 19 uh, that says my my God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus and you personalize it by making it about your own situation um, if it's if you're having an issue with your with your health then you might uh, look at Psalm 103 and declare that and personalize it. The Lord forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. The Lord forgives my sins and heals my diseases. If you're suffering from depression, maybe you'll read Psalm 3, verse 3. God is my shield, my glory and the lifter of my head. It's really, really helpful to build your faith in this way by declaring God's word and God's promises over your own life. So whatever your circumstances are, I have found there's always scriptures that are going to be relevant that you can confess over your life and build your own faith, just like Nehemiah did. So Nehemiah then finally ends his prayer with his actual request to God. Uh, it's the final sentence. He says, he says to God, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He's talking about going before the king. So what Nehemiah has does is putting God in his rightful place. He then confesses the sins. He then stands on God's words and God's promises. And then what, over that course of the time, over the course of the prayer, he, the realization comes of what's needed. And in his final sentence, he makes his actual request. And I looked at this and I realized actually his request to God makes up probably about 5% of the whole prayer. So the rest of the prayer is putting God in the right perspective. And then finally, he makes his request. And as we move through today and through the rest of this week of prayer and fasting, let's make sure that we put prayer high on the agenda, make it a priority. Remember, prayer is where the power is and it's where our faith gets built and it's where circumstances are transformed. We're going to take a short break now and then I'm going to come back with an awesome testimony uh, from someone who actually did this, who put this into practice and whose circumstances miraculously transformed. We're told in the book of Ephesians that Jesus wants us to be equipped for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, reach unity, maturity and the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We also know that we're called to be disciples. 
In order to be a successful disciple of Jesus, we need to further our understanding of Scripture, gain insight into essential Christian doctrine, and improve our daily walk as a follower of Jesus. This is Dedicated Devotion to God. Beginning on Sunday the 11th of October, BCC is hosting an Essentials course. This is a great course designed to equip all believers with a solid understanding of foundational Christian principles. This is activating spiritual disciplines. During this course, held over four Sunday evenings, we'll be studying topics such as how to really make Jesus Lord of your life, how to turn away from old habits, how to grow in your faith and more. This is Disciples Reproducing Disciples. Find out more or book your place on this course now by going to bccweb.com forward slash equip. Okay, so um, we're here now with uh, Martin Littlechild. He's come in um, uh, to the studio and he's just going to talk a little bit about his own fasting experience. But first of all, Martin, why do you think fasting is so important for a follower of Jesus? Um, well, I guess in the Bible, um, they talk about uh, fasting out of a, a deep need. Um, and I think Jesus gets pulled up for his disciples not fasting. Yeah. Um, but I, I just know or understand it to be um, a spiritual discipline. Yeah. You know, we are called to be disciples, therefore disciplined. Yeah. And um, it is a good spiritual discipline. And also, you know, there's, um, there's fruit in it when there is a, a need because it can bring breakthroughs, obviously, yeah. we're just about to talk about. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's go into that. You, uh, I know a few years ago you, had, you were in a, a bit of a, a tough situation yourself. Mm, I remember tough, you went yeah. through a whole journey. Can you explain a little bit about what, what was going on at that time? Um, yes. Uh, it was a health journey. Um, I had um, I'd had an operation. Um, was really struggling uh, with with food. I was losing weight. Um, there was all this talk of uh, Crohn's disease. Um, I believe at the time I was I was undiagnosed, so it wasn't set in stone as uh, as it later went on to be. But um, what happened was I, I was really struggling, and then my son Alex started showing some some similar symptoms to the stuff I was going through. Uh, with stomach complaints and, and losing appetite, etc., um, and I just felt spiritually I needed to just get hold of the situation. Yeah. I, I didn't know what was going on physically um, because we obviously had doctors and hospitals saying uh, certain things, but spiritually I just needed to get a handle on the situation and what was going mm. on. Um, so I felt compelled to. Um, do uh, I call it a Daniel fast? Um, but vegetables were out because at the time I, I couldn't. I, vegetables. <laughs> That's were what a Daniel no, fast no. is. Yeah. <laughs> so what did that yeah. leave you with? The, the important part for me was the, the water. Yeah. I, I think I was reading Daniel at the time, um, and I just knew that I knew I had to drink water for ten days, nothing oh. but water. Um, I, I, if memory serves, I did eat. Um, I, I say it wouldn't have been vegetables, um, but I just knew the water was the important bit. Uh, and on about day three or four after, because I like my coffee, uh, so I knew it was going to be hard. Um, but after a, a few days and the caffeine headache had subsided, 
just so much of the anger and irritation I was feeling right low down in, in, the, in the bowels just fell off. It just, I just started to feel so much better and, and I think fasting and uh, what I went through there was one of the first steps to ultimately living healed of, of this lifelong incurable condition yeah. that I was ultimately diagnosed with. Um, and fasting was That's definitely one of the first That's steps. That's a real breakthrough, wasn't it? Absolutely. And I remember, yeah. I remember it well. Obviously, you live near to us, and I remember uh, seeing you go through that journey and just that turning point. And it's never come back since. It's mm. been, no, no, you've enjoyed great health since yeah. can eat vegetables now yeah that's great <laughs> yeah um so if uh you were talking to somebody who was about to you know maybe doing a fast for the first time we're now at the moment on day three of our fast uh, how would you encourage them you know what would you say to you know in order to help them to keep going well i guess as i said there's 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 rewards to be had from it you know for persevering from from just digging in and 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 getting through it um yeah. i mean god will see your endeavor um he will know that uh you know if if there's the deep need there that you are giving up something and putting him first and center yeah. saying i don't i don't need this this other stuff i'm focusing on you but this is going on and in my experience god god answers that in in, in just uh, amazing powerful way um, as he did for me that's brilliant, Martin. Really encouraging. Thank you very much. Thank you. Isn't that a great testimony from Martin? Praying and fasting into difficult situations really can bring about transformation. It really does work. That's it for today. And as always, I'm just going to close in prayer. Uh, so here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've done so far this week. And thank you for all you're going to do. We look to you as the source of all our joy and as our hope for our future. And I want to join with the prayers of those who are looking for breakthrough this week. We know you that you are a God who hears and answers, and I pray that your ears will be inclined towards our prayers this week. Once again, Lord, be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. Amen. Don't forget the prayer meeting tonight at 8 o'clock. Other than that, have a brilliant day, whatever you're doing. And remember, keep praying. It's where the power is. Have a great day. Bye.